he's never seen me fight live. He, he his news in school on uh, Monday is going to be. I flew to Boston and watched my dad fight in the UFC. Are you going to split your bonus with him if you get it? No, definitely. But he says he's going to split. Um, he's signed up, isn't it? He's already. Yeah, Paul's really nice like that. You know, he doesn't need the money. In fair, he just jacked up him walking on. The chap's loud. dream is to be world champion, world lightweight champion in the UFC, have more money than I know what to do with, and have a great life for my, my kids, my grandkids, everyone in my, in my family, everyone that's, that's come up with me. That's my dream. Episode 26 of the Severe May podcast is finally here. We are back in our usual little routine here in the studios, the Severe May studios that are magically separated at opposite sides of the country of Ireland. Sean, it's been a pretty busy two weeks. Uh, it's good to be back in familiar surroundings. I have to apologise for last week's debacle of a podcast. Yeah, you got enough abuse over it anyway for myself and Botter last week. So that's okay. Uh, did you listen to it? We gave you dogs abuse as well. I started listening to it when I woke up. And then I think once I got a little bit of abuse, I was just like, <laughs> I'm in no form to listen to this. <laughs> I'm sure you deserve it. I was, I was so upset with the uh, with the internet provider. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Like, I love Scotland. Yeah. I have to admit, Glasgow is one of my favorite places that I've ever been to. But the internet in that hotel was some of the worst internet that I've ever had, and it was like the podcast was dying, was cutting out, it was jumping all over the place. It was 130 something minutes to upload an interview. And once, like, you were all trying to get back at me straight away, like, ring me. And Graham was ringing me, and I just turned my phone off. And I was like, fuck this, I'm going to bed. But not before posting instructions for you on how to get back onto Google Hangouts. Yeah, I, I, I did lock in, in after that, although I fucked up the start. You took I the like... hosting role by the balls. Yeah, I, thought I, I actually thought I did okay. I was good at interviewing now. We need, we need initiative like that, Sheehan. Mm. Yeah, That's we do. That's we need. We do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to start getting into interviews now. We're gonna have to do this um, Google Hangout specials more often. Yeah, no, the Google Hangouts is great, and yeah. it, and it allows people the platform to compliment my hair or headphones, <laughs> either of which I'm perfectly all right with. Um, You're like everyone wants to get on this. We bought her last week. Wanting to come back on, looking for your place. We Chris Fields looking for my place. We called Binder a few weeks ago. Brian Moore there just before we came out I was going did you see he was trying to get uh, Peter Quilia's spot in the podcast so. there you go everybody's up for it everybody wants it that's it the biggest attract the biggest player in town people in uh, people in Edinburgh Sean or Glasgow and Vegas where's Sean they're mad for you I know Sheehan Nation is worldwide you need they to uh, come up with a t-shirt I do yeah hashtag Sheehan Nation Wait till the Severe May teachers come out now. We'll get my uh, Severe May kit. Customised. Hashtag, hashtag, <laughs> hashtag. Severe May fight kit. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Sheehan Nation on the back of it. All of my interviews from now on have to be done wearing a Severe May t-shirt due to the new policy. And my, my on-site fee appearance goes up by depending on how many sets of interviews that I've done that year. Yeah. And we have to do Google Hangouts wearing all Severe May clothes. We like um, Alienware, MMA laptops as well. Which that's is actually a good thing. That's that's a plus sign. So I get them laptops. Anyway, I, talk oh, to me. Get into talk it. to me. Talk to me. Where are we starting? What what have I missed out on? Because you were away last week, we we'll do a bit of Vegas now, and we we'll, we got so many great questions last week that we we'll answer a lot of them at the end of the podcast, along with this week's questions. But I suppose we have to talk about it. You didn't get a chance last week to talk about McGregor. 
what it felt like to be there when an Irish man was lifting the UFC belt and just the whole week. Tell us about it. Sum it up. How um, great was it? Well, I have to admit, I wasn't there when the Irish man lifted the belt or got the belt. Because as soon as it, uh, as soon as the result happened, as soon as Connor won, I was just up out of my seat because beer was flying everywhere. Like <laughs> we were, I was sitting next to Greg Savage, and he had just lost his uh, his accumulator on Mendez, and uh, he was like, "Oh fuck this early stoppage, all of this stuff." <laughs> but I had already been grabbing his arm after Connor dropped him. And I was just, because he was in my ear the whole time, being like, your boy's been wrestled, your boy's been wrestled. <laughs> so I was grabbing his arm, and I was going like, ah, when Connor had dropped him. So that was, uh, that was a funny exchange. Went up back into the press room, watched the back on the, uh, and listened to the interview on the, on the screens backstage. I have to admit, it's, it's a lot easier being in the press room, for me anyway, I find, because uh, you're back, like every fighter up until the main card is brought back for an interview. So we're, we're in this room anyway. There's no point in going back into the arena and then have to come back when you hear a guy's there. You might miss the start of a scrum. You also um, you have constant supplies of cakes, coffees, Cokes and everything like that in the press room the whole night. And there's a lot of other people there as well. Gareth A. Davies flirting with me the entire night in the press room. I thought we were having a little bit of a verbal, verbal sparring contest. You know, there was a lot of, a lot of people... Ruin your interviews. Uh, I like fair like apparently he does it quite a lot. So yeah, I, did you I, see the Reddit post? I saw the Reddit post. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty funny. A lot of people sticking up for me, being like, he roasted him. Uh, I got him back during the Cahill Pendred one. But I do think like like Gareth's Gareth. Do you know what I mean? He's actually a nice guy. He was giving me a little bit of advice and all of the trying to give me advice in the press room on the Saturday night, saying, uh, "Oh, uh, like there's journalists and there's fanboys." And I was thinking like, oh, so you're calling me a fanboy? And he's like, no, no, I think you're actually a very good journalist. And I was like, I've never written anything in my life. And he's like, video journalist, though. You can be a video journalist. And I was just like, all right. But uh, we were going back and forth to the uh, amusement of those around us. So, But he was, you, he was flirting at me. Yeah, of course he was, of course he was. But you spoke about the early stoppage there. Yeah. Did, did you think it was an early stoppage or what? I, ha I have to admit, watching it the same way I did with the Paria one because I wasn't sure where it hit yeah. when you're watching it in the venue and you're so far away or so close and maybe it's a bad angle you do need to see these things again I didn't get to see it on the big screens until I got back into the uh, until I got back into the press room and then when I saw how cleanly the left landed I was like ooh yeah fair enough I'm okay with that stoppage completely and that he wasn't defending himself on the ground and that at the post fight presser he said he was done as well yeah, when I saw initially, I thought it might have been in the round because you know the way they take away the clock and stuff, yeah. and like with the whole emotion and all. But watching it back again, I do think it was a little, a little bit early to be honest. He could have, like, he could have let him left him taking away another few shots, and McGregor would have ended it. But it was nearly in the round. But that actually doesn't matter. I know a lot of people are saying, "Oh, it's nearly in the round. You let it go." You don't. No, if you're going to stop it, if there's sixty seconds left in the round, or if there's six seconds left in the round, it doesn't matter. If you, if Herb Dean wants to stop the fight, he should stop the fight. But that's beside the point. I think it should have been left go, maybe two or three shots more. Whether that would have happened before the end round or not, like exactly, it doesn't really matter. Um, My I don't think it was I don't think it was egregious though. I think it was okay. I think it was a little bit early, but I'm not mad at the stoppage. Like I don't think many people are mad at that. But I think it was a tad, tad early. I think the thing that annoyed me most about it at the time, like just watching straight, 
is that maybe I would have liked to have seen the fight go on for a little bit longer. I would have liked to see Conor McGregor get pushed further. And considering the beating that Rory McDonald and Robbie Lawler give each other for a title as well in the fight previously, um, and the fight was being uh, stopped, close, well, not close to being stopped, but John McCarthy was looking in a couple of times when the guys were still on their feet on the exchanges, yeah. which is not done enough, I think. It was uh, good to see it. And then you see how Chad Mendes was finished. You're kind of like, oh, you wanted to see that a little bit more. But I don't buy any of the claims of Chad Gasson or anything like that. I think Connor, as we spoke about briefly last week, Connor just pretty much took took the gas tank away from him. Yeah, what did you think of the game plan? It was just... And what did you think of the wrestler question now? Did you I think it's like, answered or... Fuck this. Everyone being yeah. like, oh, care. it's so answered. It's not answered at all. Connor was I don't still... think it exists. Well, like, the, like, why does there have to be a question? Can, yeah. can can two mixed martial artists not fight and see who the best one is without people trying to well that's a bit ironic me saying exactly. people trying You're to right. break down their games but still who gives a shit Conor McGregor was taken down as a, a lot of people said he would be but the fact that he was taken down doesn't mean like yeah but he was taken down he still won the fight he still got up and knocked the other guy unconscious who cares how long he spent on the ground the fact is that he got up I think the question was can Conor like maybe the question beforehand should have been can Conor McGregor stop someone from dry humping him for 25 minutes to grind out a decision not whether can Conor McGregor fight a wrestler yeah like there's look at Anthony Pettis as well like you could say he's fatal for his wrestling it's kind of improved at this stage oh like he got beat God. by two wrestlers there's a new one there's a new Frankie Edgar made Gray Maynard look like a world oh go on Frankie, the UFC are scared to match Frankie Edgar with a wrestler. Every time oh, he yeah, that's, a wrestler, he loses. That's, that's a piss take, though, I presume, is it? No, no. <laughs> or it's real. It's, I said that to me as well, I thought he was joking. Yeah, for those that don't know, Graham from Severa MMA says the UFC are protecting Frankie Edgar. <laughs> no, not really. He just says, but Frankie Edgar never fights wrestlers. So why isn't the same question being said, what's going to happen when Frankie Edgar yeah. fights a wrestler? Because he gets the piss bit out of him. I love the way they say... Um, like Conor McGregor has never beaten one of the top elite like uh, Mendes, Edgar, or Aldo. Um, Mendes had never beaten McGregor, Aldo, or Edgar. Edgar had never beaten Mendes, Aldo, or McGregor. Well, well, they don't. I know. Look, Mendes hadn't beaten, hasn't beat anyone great. Like who's he beaten? Ricardo Lamas is his best win. Fair enough, Frank Edgar. He beat BJ Penn and stuff years ago. He's, but like, I think his time is a bit, little bit. Past him, I I don't think Frank Edgar is going to fight for a title again. To be honest, people are ta- thinking like it's only a matter of time before Frank Edgar fights. I don't think so. I think there's guys coming up there. They're going to pass him out by the time. Um, if McGregor fights Aldo now and if have a rematch, which win or lose, whoever wins, whoever loses, I think that could be a rematch that's going to happen anyway. Frank Edgar is going to need to fight at least once or twice between now and then. I I think he could lose. To be honest, if you if they make that Mendes fight. I picked Mendes to beat Edgar, and like I think there's a lot of good guys coming up there, the likes of Mirsad Bektic. I'm not too bugged on Max Holloway, but Max Holloway, yeah, he's he's not gonna. I don't think he beat Frankie or, or Mendes, but there's, there's guys coming up along the way there. But um, yeah, but it, it was brilliant afterwards as well the way McGregor uh, reacted and stuff. And I thought that was very, 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 very cool. Seeing yeah. him break down. After all of the tough guy bullshit, I'm going to finish him and around all of that shit that we love Conor McGregor for. Then you see the real him, the guy that broke down, embraced John, realized that his life's work, that his dreams were finally coming true in front of him, and that the fact that he did it with bringing all the other people up alongside him 
was just even better. Yeah. Um, Aldo fight. Where's it going to happen? What do you think? Do you think it's going to be Vegas? Or do you think it's going to be Cowboy Stadium? Like if people haven't heard this week, it's UFC President Dana White was saying it again today that Cowboy Stadium is a realistic thing that's going to happen um, in December 5th because Andrea Bocelli is playing in the MGM in Vegas that night. So do you think it's actually going to be there? Or do you think the UFC are just kind of kind of putting out this thing they put it out with Kevin Ioli just to like get the MGM to change Bocelli or what do you think they're doing do you it's, think it's real it's actually Bocelli Bocelli what did I call him Bocelli Andrea Bocelli one of the greatest Andrea Bocelli. of all time yeah I know him the blind dude yeah yeah five two exactly goodbye Conor McGregor isn't even in his league <laughs> Andrea Bocelli should do three nights in the MGM right. in all seriousness though didn't the MGM get rid of the Kings of Leon for UFC 182 I think yeah, I saw that on Twitter the other day um, Front Row Brian as always great source of information there was um, something else though about it I like. I don't know, I'd rather go to Texas put it that way, Texas yeah. forever Dylan's, I, I wear my fr- I'll, I will order Friday Night Lights apparel wear it to Texas I'll mm. just say Texas forever the whole time I'm there, I'll finish every interview off that way Clear eyes Full hearts can't lose. Oh, anyway, <laughs> I will. Um, I will. I, I'd rather go to Texas, but not this side of the year for uh, financial reasons, because um, it looks like I'm going to California in October. So, best case scenario, we're we're going back to Vegas, January fifth. Conor McGregor, Jose Aldo. It seems like, or from what we've heard through the grapevine, the plan beforehand was for Conor and Chad Mendes to coach coach the next season of the Ultimate Fighter. And um, but then plans change. Connor still stays on tough, doesn't fight Faber, and then ends up fighting Aldo for the belt. An interesting thing from that tough. Do you think that they can time it well enough so that the finale is in Dublin, or will that be a separate event? Yeah, someone asked that. That's what. That's what made yeah. me think about it. Because I, I know it's already know. started uh, filming. Yeah, I think they'll probably have it in one of those fight nights in Vegas. To be honest, I don't think they'll have it. Maybe though, that with it's you, it's with Europe and stuff. Maybe. I'm not sure. Um, I don't really care, to be honest. Like, I don't care about tough. And especially like when McGregor and, and uh, Faber aren't fighting. Like, I, don't, I just don't give a shit about it, to be honest. I think it's actually good to get, kind of get McGregor out of the spotlight for a while. He's been in it for a long time. And I kind of think there's no harm. Um, f- um, what's it? Something makes the heart go um, f- uh, Oh, my God. L- makes the heart go fonder. Distance? No. Yeah, no Absence. 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 Makes a for yeah. sake. Fucking two idiots there. It's 12 o'clock at night here, I'm getting a bit sleepy. But, uh, yeah. Maybe. Um, I Look, I think what they're doing is. You spoke about having the cart in early January there. They want it in December, and they, and they want it in early December, I think, because whoever, like, say if McGregor wins, they'll want to put on that card in Dublin next year. And you know, Aldo likes around six months between fights. So if they're going to have that around May, um, January, March, April, April, May, before the hurling football season starts in Croke Park, that'll probably be the best time to have it. So if they have to have that in January, you'd be looking June, July, that'd be right in the middle of GA season. So that could be in their thinking too. That's why they want to have it earlier in in uh, Vegas as yeah, well. So, so they don't have to worry about any delay if they get yeah, poker. Exactly. Yeah, so Good thought. Yeah, I think that could be it. But, but we'll then, get back to. But then again, then yeah. again, Ed Sheeran is playing three gigs there tomorrow. I'm out of touch. 
You see, he's in Crawl Park for three gigs. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I think it's three gigs. Maybe I've got that wrong completely. Either way, he's there, definitely there during this week. Because this, I think he's here Friday and Saturday because there's rumours he's going to be in Dundalk tomorrow at the Dundalk Champions League game. Sweet. Doesn't that man make some money though? Like, all he's there with is like a few fucking speakers and a, yeah. himself and a chair and an old microphone and a guitar. Like I'd, I'd say, like, I'm no logistics expert. Yeah. But I'd say there's a tad more planning that goes into it. There isn't. Like Crow Park. <laughs> then, oh, yeah, fuck, Ed, did you bring anything? No, man, I forgot the speakers. <laughs> yeah, but you see, like, you 2 and fucking Robbie Williams and take that with these huge stages, like, they go the hallway down the pitch and they come on. Like, he's just a man standing on a fucking stage. Like, he must, he must be making some money out of it. Anyway, right, we get. I'd actually, just for argument's sake, I'd wager that there what? is a big long stage that he will walk down with his guitar at one point. Maybe, maybe. All right, we'll get back to the McGregor. We got some great questions last week. We'll answer them at the end of the podcast, along with the rest of the questions. But um, Siri and Pindred, two. Neil Siri will never be cut from the UFC. I think he no. retires on yeah. his own terms. What a fight! He's getting to that age now as well. Like, what's he? Sixty-four. He'll be turning sixty-five <laughs> next year. He's at least. And <laughs> um, the the best part about it was that. The Irish that were there were fully behind Siri completely. It was great support. Um, he fought very, very well. I thought that talking to Andy Ryan after or this last week in Glasgow, uh, Siri was sick throughout the week, especially sick on uh, Wednesday. Luckily, it doesn't affect his wake up because he's only got a, a little bit to lose. But also the whole MGM being right on top of you, you can't go say down the shop to like go down the street to a shop like you know what I mean get a few bottles of water that sort of thing the MGM is very very go he said next time if Siri's ever fighting in Vegas again um, they won't be staying in the MGM they're gonna try to stay somewhere else Andy Ryan on the other on the other hand is probably a self-imposed van on Vegas considering every time I saw him he was on the fucking slot machines <laughs> uh, he was having some crack there that, that weekend Um. Reds are had to keep him away from the casinos last weekend, just the shitty amusements that are in Glasgow. But can't say anything better about Syria. Like he, you could see he lost, he lost the fight from the like the transitions, the grappling transitions. That Smolka was just a little bit faster, a little bit sharper, and Syria said that he knew what he had to do, but he felt like his body was doing it a second or two slower than it normally would have. So that's what gave Smolka the advantages. Yeah, I think Smolka is one of those guys as well. Like. He has improved so much from his last couple of fights. Like he got, he got beat, he got beat in a lot of the exchanges on the ground by um, uh, Richie Vaz in his last fight. Like Richie Vaz is, he's a game guy, like, but he's not a great fighter. But like, he's Smolka has improved so much from that fight, and I like, I don't know, it'll come a bit of a shock to Syria or something. Anyway, you couldn't blame him for it because he's improved so much. I was talking to Graham about it during the week, like the, like I think that fight, um. In a couple of years, it could look like a better performance, maybe than it does at the moment. Because I really, I think Smolka's going places. Paddy Hoolan called him on, and we'll get to that in a while. But yeah, that was a great performance. I thought like it was a fun fight. Siri didn't like it was as you said, it was one of the closest thirty twenty sevens you're likely to see. I think it was that a lot of people said that, and it was one of those fights where series Siri looked very good in it in a kind of a, Un- a Joe Bozen kind way. of way yeah exactly it was, it was a fun fight and like he's the kind of guy you want to see again Wilson Hayes he's coming off of a loss I'd like to see him fight Wilson Hayes in Dublin get that man back 
Dublin. That'd be a good one. Both around here do it. So I reckon. Although he's in the top 15, so it mightn't happen. But yeah. And what about Pindred? It's probably the most disappointing performance of his UFC career. Yeah. Um, what did you think of it? And it was it was off? perfectly set up for him to take a split decision, twenty nine, twenty eight. Um, I don't know to be honest. I, like that seemed to me from the outside that that was a fight that Cahill had. He stuck to a game plan. Sorry, could have won the fight pretty convincingly by using takedowns and wrestling. And it just seemed again that he was more like fair enough. I'm not in there. I don't know how good his opponent's timing was. You know that sort of thing, like yeah. not being able to judge the takedown correctly, and maybe for fear of getting hit in the exchanges or going for one. So maybe Kyle felt it was sharper than he thought it was going to be. But overall, like a poor performance from Kyle. But like I'm saying, it's a game plan thing. You know, if he can go out now and work on. Maybe work on his hands in order, not even just for striking, in order to set up his takedowns. You know, yeah. go back to the Kyle Pender that dominated the European scene. Work on setting up feints and like entries, and then maybe even setting up one or two shots to be able to go drop down for the shoot straight away instead of shooting from. As uh, as Peter Carr likes to say about some fighters, this sh- uh, the take first takedown the shoot will be from the wains on Friday. Yeah. Uh- I'm really not sure what he could do. I'm actually not even going to give Pizzi credit for that because that's actually one of mine. I just what? wanted to judge your reaction to it first before I pass it off as one of my own. <laughs> you're a good man. You're a good man for stealing stuff as well, aren't you? you I fucking... don't know what you're talking like... about. I'm going to edit this part out anyway. Fuck's sake, stealing my. <sighs> it's okay. We we'll leave it it's in the past now, but yeah, that Pinder fight. It was just bad. Like it was just a bad fight. I don't think Howard is that good. Pinder wasn't great. He said it himself afterwards. Like, Thank fuck, of, you just said the name Howard because that's why I said his opponent in the last thing because <laughs> I had completely forgot his name. Like, it's hard to even remember that fight now, but I suppose because so much stuff has happened. But I think it was a hard fight to score as well. It's kind of just no, neither of them really did anything. Carl couldn't get him down. He, uh, Howard kind of won the boxing, but there wasn't that many boxing exchanges. It was mostly like up against the fence and they're just pushing each other around and stuff. But. I don't know. I don't know what Carl can do. Uh, he's talking about going away for six months, um, trying to become have a pro boxing fight. That, it couldn't hurt, like it couldn't hurt. I wouldn't mind seeing him do that. Um, That'd be cool, isn't Andy yeah. Lee fighting in Tolman Park? He is, yeah. In uh, oh Jesus, when the same night as Bama, whenever that is, when's that? September yeah, September nineteenth, Patrick's birthday. Yeah. So yeah, but he wants to. He wants to fight in UFC Dublin first and then do it after that, he said on Twitter. So, yeah, if he could get a win at UFC Dublin and then maybe do it after that, that would probably be good, set him in good stead. But whether the UFC let him do it or not, I'm not sure. But I suppose we'll, we'll find that out soon enough. Okay, we'll get on to Sunday card and the Windsor card. I know you didn't see much of him because you were travelling and stuff, but my boy Wonderboy. Oh, I see that knockout. Instantly afterwards on Twitter, and it was brilliant. He's the best. He's the best welterweight in the world. Him versus Gunny. I'm picking. I think Wonderboy beat him. I think Wonderboy's just the best. And like, if I, you I need to watch that fight, I'm not too sure, but I think you may have mentioned it before. What? That he's the best. The best. <laughs> he is. He really is. You think you he beats Robbie Lawler? Yeah. Not a hope. Well, you see, he's wrestling, and he's. Uh, like his jiu-jitsu from last week it was unbelievable like he out-wrestled Jack Ellenberger in that fight it was really good 
and he's striking like there's nobody in the division can fuck with his striking. He's the best striking in the world. Like that's that's just Carlos Condit. Yeah. No, he'd be Condit. He'd knock Condit out in the first round. Kind of give him too many chances. <laughs> you can't fuck with Wonderboy. Like Wonderboy's a world champion kickboxer. Can't fuck with Wonderboy. There's nobody that can Wonderboy out. Um. Yeah, but the, the knockout was good. Nate the Great is a world champion kickboxer as well. Your arch enemy, you need to grade as well. That man. <laughs> the entire rear. No, I have to say, I wrote on his Instagram the other day. I asked him to send me uh, one of them t-shirts home, or to bring me one that he was he had on the strip. It's like need new haters. My old ones are becoming my fans, and he big timed me as well. Did he? Did he big timed Ariel as well. What did he do to you? He didn't reply. Oh, he didn't reply. Fuck's sake! Uh, my niece was actually following him on Instagram. She got mad after he unfollowed her. Then as well. Oh That's Jesus. Off. Did she unfollow him? That's no, she didn't unfollow him. I don't think. She should. She unfollowed him afterwards, though. He's getting too, he's getting too big for his boots now. He's taking your jobs at there, Andrew, and yeah, stuff sure, like that. Yeah, sure. There's one, a position severe going for my job anyway. At this, from every <laughs> every angle. So. <laughs> um. All right. We we're pretty much agreed anyway that Wonderboy is the best in the world, pound for pound. Yeah. Moving yeah. on. Moving <laughs> on. <laughs> Tony Ferguson fought Josh Thompson in a fucking unbelievable fight. I know you didn't see it. Um, Tony Ferguson's pushing up to towards the top of that division. Needs a top five, top ten fight next. Um, Holly Holm fought Marion Renault. <sighs> Look, heard it I was the you, worst fight in the world. For the, if the third round had gone the same way as the first two rounds would have been, it would have been the worst fight of the year. But Holly Holm looked very good in the third round. But if she'd done that in the first two rounds, I would have been pretty impressed with her. But she was so bad in the first two rounds. She actually looked so bad. I've never seen anyone look as bad like. She was fighting from a distance where Stefan Struve wouldn't have been able to land. Like she was fighting from so far away, Renault could see everything she was throwing and just like ran out of the way of it. There was nothing landed. They put up strikes landed and there was like thirty five or something in the first two rounds. I was like, they're just making up these strikes. Like where the fuck are they getting them from? She landed nothing. But Marion couldn't just couldn't do anything. Holly Holm won. I was very impressed with what she did late in the third round. I thought she upped the pace. She got closer. She hurt Renault. Like she's only two fights into her UFC career. I think people, even including myself, have been a little bit harsher her, but if she can fight the way she did in the third round and improve like that, I, I could I could see her fighting for the title in a while. I don't think she's beaten Rousey or anything, but this this you mean Beth? <laughs> yeah, this distance control, like it's it it's great for winning decisions maybe, but that's not going to work against Rousey. Or I don't think it'll work against Misha Tate either. She close that distance and she'll push her back and she'll take her down, but. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not that impressed with Holly Holm, but there's so, there's signs. Um, Frank Mir, Todd Duffy as well. What a Just KO! Great KO, but I don't know. I I have I always had great hopes for Todd Duffy, but after that, I don't know. He just, not anymore. That was the end of it. Okay. UFC Glasgow, you were there. Glasgow. Which, which was better, Glasgow or Vegas? Glas Las Vegas or Las Vegas? Which was well. <laughs> I uh. Do you actually like the band Glass Vegas? One song, are they still around? Like, I know one their song. What was their song? They had two big enough songs. One was called Daddy's Gone, and the other was called Geraldine. Oh, I don't I can't remember. Geraldine was used in that uh, film a couple of years ago, The Damned United. Oh, yeah, that's a great film. Sing it, go on. Uh, go on. No, my Dude. Scotland isn't that good. But I have to admit, you're not able to hear it. But it's, it's died Just tell me the words go on so I remember. What? Geraldine? Yeah. <sighs> no, I'm not singing on the podcast. Sing it. Come on, I just sang twice. 
I don't care if you sang twice or not. Oh, if you care about it that much, like, I, I don't mind going over the hour because we're gonna anyway. So, it's okay. So just listen now for a second because you're gonna hear it because I'm gonna put my headphone up to the thing right. for you. Uh, assuming that doesn't like blow everything up on the computer. Oh yeah. I can hear my toes. Hello! You know what now? Yeah, it's a great yeah. song. Um but if we're talking about how good uh EFC Glasgow was, <clears throat> Vegas was better obviously. The the chair was brilliant, the atmosphere was brilliant, the Irish fans made it all that and were there they were a week long thing as opposed to the on the night sort of uh, atmosphere that you got from the fight night because at the open workouts it was pretty poorly attended and stuff like that so There's no one the wins either was there uh, no the wins was pretty busy it's just we were on the bottom level so we didn't see the people up above but I saw a picture from above and the wins were pretty busy oh, yeah. um, it, was nowhere, it was nowhere near in the UFC Dublin that was it there was a lot of people that, yeah, I think trying you trying to put words in my mouth yeah, but like watching at home UFC, you see UFC Dublin anything UFC Ireland related just has the McGregor effect yeah, you know what true. I mean if you're thinking about how good UFC Dublin was as a crowd last year taking away the fact Conor McGregor fought Diego Brando it was a good crowd a very good crowd but the reason that these this crowd was going so nuts and so much better was because of Conor McGregor now I know people are going to say UFC 93 was great as well that's because it was the first time there once you start getting the worst cards like Berlin has seen over the years and London and Manchester over the years, the crowd isn't as excited anymore. And I think only Ireland is saved for the fact that they have Conor McGregor that makes the fans seem that much better. Not saying that they're not great. Like, they are brilliant. The fact that they're making that noise in the first place shows to me they're the best fans that I've experienced live anywhere in the world. I think on TV as well, or five or whatever, it's tough to tell because, like... Yeah, the mics that I, they use, like... Yeah. I was busy on Saturday as well. I didn't see all the fights. Like I was kind of coming in now. I had a birthday party and stuff, and I missed Stevie Ray fight. And I, I just came in like as Paul Redmond and Whiteford were fighting, and like so I didn't. Like he walked out to Florida Scotland, did he? I missed that. That's uh, that's what I had tried to play until you started asking. This right. is Flower of Scotland at Murrayfield versus Ireland in 2011. Jesus. I swear, Sean, this was wonderful. I'm sent him That was unbelievable. It didn't come off it didn't come off at home though. Well, like when I when I was re writing my re review, like I re I kind of forgot the file Scottish fighters to be honest. Like that's the last of the music, by the way. So if you want, yeah, sorry. Um, I know it, it's the opposite in that arena. Yeah, I think, I think you have to be there. I really yeah. think you have to be there. I think there's an echo to it as well that that album, that song, that anthem just booms in an arena, and my my hair was on ends. Like I I'm not gonna lie. Call me anything you want after this. I got a little bit emotional in my seat when Whiteford was coming out. Honest to God, I couldn't give a shit about the UFC and what you think if I'm just <laughs> trying to make their European <laughs> ah, no, I'm sound okay. better. Okay. 
there was a tear in my eye listening to Flower of Scotland and it was brilliant like the, the I, I was I was thinking when that happened I was like Paul Redmond's losing this fight because that atmosphere would get to anybody I was like Whiteford is like going to be like a man possessed when he walks in here you've got a feel for Paul Redmond too like he's he's had a fucking rough start to his UFC yeah. career his first fight was against Mirsad Bektic on what was it 13 days notice where he had to cut down to Federer for the first fight like Mirsad for the first time Mirsad Bektic is the I think he's going to be the next man to fight for the Federer title after McGregor and Aldo to be honest I think he's that good I think he's going to come up quick and like Paul Redmond had to fight him and now he had to fight Robert Whiteford the first Scottish man to fight in the UFC the first Scottish man on the first Scottish card ever in the UFC like that's a f- like no matter how good Robert Whiteford is and I don't think he's great to be honest I don't think he's a great fighter but no matter how good he is that's a fucking tough challenge for anyone and I think Paul Redmond did pretty well I've actually heard though from a lot of people about Robert Whiteford's left hand since last week and it's Irish fighters that have trained with him in the past or have gone over to the grip house for sparring and said they had, they had a feeling if he was going to finish Redmond on the feet it was going to be with a left because he hits you with it and you're like oh you're, you don't think someone his size can generate that much power yeah it was a great shot in fairness like I think Redmond's boxing as Andy Ryan said to you in the interview beforehand it looked, it looked pretty good like what was it only three minutes in you couldn't see it that much but it did look pretty good he stopped that obviously we know Whiteford is good uh, um, judo guy he stopped the judo throw like he, he was doing everything right up until he caught that one shot and went down and you could argue he was winning the fight he was 100% winning the fight like it was it was very unfortunate he just caught, caught with the one shot fair play to Whiteford like he won the fight like I don't think Paul Ridman offered any excuses or no one's offered any excuses like he deserves to win it with that great shot but it's tough for Paul Ridman hopefully he gets another shot in the UFC at, I, can't, um, I can't see UFC why he, I can't see why he wouldn't to be honest yeah he, he will I think he will and, and I don't know whether to, if you want to argue over what I think is a big issue, it's weight cutting. Yeah, I agree. I'm not too sure how rehydrate. Like, fair enough, he made it, and I'm sure he rehydrated safely. He looked good as well, though. I didn't think he looked 20, too bad. Uh, no, like let's be honest. Every Irish fighter looks shit when they get in the scales. <laughs> like yeah. either between their complexion or just because it's a tough cut. Like Paddy Houlihan, Conor McGregor, Paul Redmond, Carl Pendred is the only one that looks good when he's standing on his scales, like because he's ripped. Um, but these guys like they're doing big cuts and I think the, the Irish the Irish luck doesn't help them as well someone like Reds or then you were just like you're wondering maybe would he have been okay or maybe would he have been able to take that shot at 155 with lesser of a cut for what it's worth I do think his next fight will be at 55 especially with the IV bands that are coming in later on in the year um, I'd say 145 would be a pretty hard cut for him um, you wouldn't know that because you'll see like when they sign guys to fight a 45 they kind of want to keep them there I think yeah. 55 they have more 55ers than any other division in in the UFC so like to move up I think it'd be a probably a good decision like get, get him with someone like Kotani who uh, Norman Parr fought last time I think that'd be a great fight for him at 55 I think there's plenty winnable fights from there especially at 155 there's a lot of good guys that won 45 as well but getting to UFC Dublin I think he can win that fight and uh He'll have the same momentum as Whiteford had at the weekend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So um, after that, Paddy Hulan against Vaughn Lee. I thought uh, Paddy spoke afterwards about he was kind of he was carrying a lot of injuries and stuff into the fight. He didn't look great at the weigh-ins, although you you asked him afterwards and he said that it was a mistake with the um, with the scale, and that was the, the biggest part of it. I thought he looked good in, good in this fight to be honest I thought like he showed how well rounded of a mixed martial artist he is he took 
knee down but Lee transitioned to the top uh, early and he won the round from the bottom which is kind of an unusual thing to see in mixed martial arts these days um, and it's after that then, back take though uh, oh yeah at the very end of the round yeah, yeah that was good oh, wasn't it yeah unreal. very good I think Von, like Vonley is one of those guys he's kind of very relaxed and he doesn't want um, I don't think he wants to like overextend himself is the wrong word but I, I think he wants to do yeah. if Von Lee failed a drug test for marijuana <laughs> marijuana yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because between wearing Rastafari allegedly colors, allegedly allegedly <laughs> between his rocking beard and the hat that he had on him midweek I was like oh this boy knows what he's at <laughs> allegedly allegedly but uh yeah I thought it was a good fight like it's an enjoyable fight like the last minute around Von Lee or the fight Von Lee kind of knew he was going to lose and he didn't really throw anything or like go mad but he landed a couple of shots alright but yeah, I think I think Paddy Hoolan kind of he had him beat by that stage and it was a good performance. Do a small can UFC Dublin, what do you think about that? Yeah, please do it. Smolka wants it. I saw him tweeting about it. I think that's a good fight too. Very good fight. Close up the prelims or something like that. Um Bad. wouldn't even be too out of place. First fight in the main card, Paddy Hoolan three and one. Yeah. In the UFC he is gonna make a run for this belt, I think. Don't say it too loud. Don't. Oh, because geez. this sort of division is so sparse. You could argue Paddy could go, you know, five and one before February next year. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or I, I, or like, and then what are we seeing? Are we talking co-main event UFC Crow Park? Two title fights, flyweight mm-hmm. and featherweight. I think Paddy's kind of one of those guys, and you, you saw it with uh, Redmond as well. Like, he still has a lot of improving to do. Uh, like with. Um, Carl, Connor, Ashton Gale, even um, Neil Seary—they were all champions before they got to the UFC, like in Cage Warriors. And obviously, Ashton Gale was a champion over the American stuff for years. But like Paddy Hoolan, I know well, he's a Cage Contender champion or something, was he? But that's not quite the level of like Cage Warriors and stuff. And Paul Redmond was just like maybe two or three fights away from a Cage Warriors championship. So I think like the two of those guys are kind of improving still in the UFC, like a. When you saw Cahill and, and Connor and those coming, they were kind of not finished products, but like on definitely like high high up towards the middle of the UFC level or whatever you want to say when they came. So I think especially with Paddy now when he's put these few wins together, there's a lot of improvement still to do. And yeah, he, I think he can go. I think he can definitely get into the top ten in the next year or so. Anyway, man, we'll see where it goes from there. I've called, um, I've already called it anyway. He's gonna co co headline UFC Crow Park. Big call. I think uh, Chris Weidman and Michael Bisping is going to co-headline. If only. You need a big fight like in there to co-headline if you're selling 90,000 tickets. I'd say they wouldn't mind a few Connor, English guy in there. Conor McGregor sells 80,000 tickets in yeah. Ireland. Uh, yeah, I'd say they'd like, um, I'd say they'd like more of an insurance though. I'd say they wouldn't mind 10,000 yeah, yeah, English yeah, guys yeah. coming over. Coming know? over. Oh, well then, bring Scott Askram. <laughs> I love his That's fans good. best fans in Europe sweet okay two, before we get on to Joseph Duffy uh, Joanne Collarwood Stevie Ray how good was the reception for Julian I think Joanne Collarwood probably had the best reception of all and she I had a, was in the bad press room for Stevie Ray's fight I was chilling with Abby from MMA Junkie um, the two of us sitting over there editing you should have seen where we were interviewing the fighters it was hilarious it was in a hallway Um and the press room was in another building outside of the arena so that was a bit of a bit of a hassle going back and forth 
So I decided to stay back and edit the Paddy Hulan one, watch Stevie Ray on the television. A lot of people, what I told me that it was just as good as the other guys. Um, and I think a lot of people, the Scottish fans at the Wayans anyway, the Wayans and the Open Workouts give Ray a better reception than Whiteford. And I think it's because Stevie Ray has stayed in Scotland and people see that and recognise it and stuff like that where people are like unfairly like Robert Whiteford ATT and stuff like that he's been going back and forth there for the guts of three years like well before he was in the UFC so I don't think it's too much of a it's not as bad as a scenario as it looks it's not just got to the UFC leave the grip house don't train there anymore Um, but Joanne Calderwoods oh that checked one off the bucket list for me Sean I didn't get didn't get to hear Rihanna perform Run This Town in Vegas yeah. but I did get to hear uh, P. Diddy coming home Joanne Caldwell's walkout because oh, Mark Homnick Jose Aldo UFC 129 one of the best walkouts in MMA history overused though it's been overused yeah but when it actually has a meaning yeah. <laughs> then I think I had goosebumps as well for that I was like this is brilliant the crowd reaction for Joanne was unbelievable and pretty much like every single fight that I've ever seen of hers she went out and lost the first round yeah. Sean are you there? Oh, I'm here I was expecting you to kind of come in a little bit quicker there it's okay well, I wasn't really listening to what you said she lost um, the first round yeah Four. but that she's always done that in her career so it was like yeah. it looks like oh she's about to get finished but it's like you know that if she gets through this round then she's going to be okay and it's like Fair enough, I think maybe she was one that people talked up a little bit too much going into the UFC, maybe yeah. too much expectation. I know I certainly had it as well. You get to see it, like flashes of brilliance in the second and third round. I think Joanne Calderwood's best asset is her clinch when she gets that person close. A blatantly illegal knee as well. Um, at one point when the, knee, when the hand was on the ground, the referee just kind of was like, watch yourself though. I do think Joanne in that clinch, that's where she does the most damage. Whereas her strikes from a distance or short or close range are very technically brilliant, but they don't you, you wonder what her power is like on them. But when you see her getting a clinch and she's landing knees, you're seeing that they are the real shots that she has in her arsenal. So if she's going to beat uh, Joanna Champion anyway, that's how she's going to do it. Just unfortunate that Joanna Champion has an absolutely lethal clinch as well. And uh, the two of them are slated to fight in Muay Thai. So hopefully some, somewhere down the road, I do think it will be a great event, great fight maybe to bring back to Scotland next year let's just ne- knock it ahead of ourselves and let's see let's build Joanne up slowly because I do think she needs it I think she suffered uh, this year she had a tough year she's saying but she also see, to me she looks like the perfect example of a fighter that the occasion might get to when it gets too busy too big yeah, it could um, okay the two two main I, guys I'm in the actually, card I'm actually not even talking about the co-main or main event because they were born let's just put it out there and I don't care what it was like watching at home being luxurious being luxurious in the arena those two fights were 40 minutes or whatever of pure hell yeah the comment is kind of shit alright um, what do you think of Duffy though? Duffy's the man yeah I, he's, I actually he's the truth like he's the truth I actually was watching it when he was when, when he hit that counter off the cage I was thinking I've seen that somewhere before if you go on to Gunnar Nelson's Instagram page, he was wrestling in uh, Mexico a couple of weeks ago for Cahill's camp, and the SBG have this Greco-Roman wrestler that's training with them. Um, 
think his name might be Nikolai as well. He's a pro or no Francisco Barrio. He's an Argentine. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. an Argentinian guy living in yeah. Ireland, and he's uh, with SVG. But he goes for like a wrestling toss on Gunnar. Gunnar bases the same way onto his back and uh, comes straight through to a triangle. I'm watching it here now. It's pretty much identical to what Duffy hit. So I wouldn't, like, let's just say, for talk's sake, I know it had never come out. I know Faraz Zahabi. Have you seen his breakdowns of Conor McGregor? No, I haven't seen he him He's a big fan of Conor McGregor. I would assume he's a big fan of John Kavanagh, and from that, he's an extension, he's a fan of Gunnar Nelson. I think that would be pretty cool to think that if he saw something like that, maybe a counter for a lateral drop off the cage and as a way to set up. Uh, but looking at it back, you could argue Joseph Duffy didn't tap him with the triangle choke. He tapped yeah. him with the armbar. That's exactly what I was saying. I'm, yeah. I'm no jiu-jitsu expert or anything now, but it looked like an armbar to me, even though like, it was announced as a triangle. Now. Like, he didn't have yeah. the to ankle me, over the knee, under the knee and stuff. Yeah. To me, watching it, I was like, yeah, he's tapped to that armbar. But the triangle's tight as well, but the armbar is there. I'm actually going to crack open a can of Steve Weiser. Um, what? No, uh, it's 7-Up. I just yeah. wanted your reaction. We need to get you on the beer, Andrew. Come on. Nope, not happening. Anyway, uh, Joseph Duffy. It was it was just class, and I don't care what sort of hassle that I caused. To be honest, the reason I didn't put Northwest. It's <laughs> only a joke, Jesus. Genuinely. Yeah, but I had, yeah, okay. someone, I had someone tweet me even today telling me about it. I was like, please fuck <laughs> off. I was like, I didn't have enough characters. Totally my fault. I didn't have explain, enough. Explain to people. Explain right. what's going on. So. My reasoning and theory on Joseph Duffy is that he actually is an excellent figure for mixed martial arts in Ireland, as well as Connor. I think people that don't like the arrogant side of Connor, the loudmouth side, oh, he's a loud, he's a gurry, or mixed martial, blah, blah, blah. Joseph Duffy's the complete opposite of it. He's quiet, he's humble, he's hardworking, he's an absolute gentleman, very, um, very down to earth guy, and. The typical mannerisms that Joseph Duffy has, in my opinion, from my experience with these people, is perfectly similar to those from the west of Ireland. Galway, and you tweeted that. Galway, Sligo, Mayo, all of those people. Donegal is the northwest. But if I had have said the north, then I'm opening myself up to tweets like... Um, Duffy's not from not. the Republic yeah, or yeah. stuff like that so I wasn't not going anywhere near that sort of shit I'm talking about mannerisms called like people agree with me and people that are just yeah you're like, right but I just did it but I just yeah, like you and said it you're just to be a, prick, to be a like. prick but other people are probably doing it like for a genuine yeah. reason you know what I mean and even if yeah. you want to get into it right let's class them together okay the North is Joseph Duffy similar to Connor Cook Norman Park Alan Philpott Andy Young uh, Carl Moore well, no. Carl, no none of them oh, well Carl is a bit of a jack the lad sort of thing but he's very uh, very reserved and out of the spotlight sort of thing so Carl is similar enough to Joseph Duffy but like they're not they're completely different in the way that the act they're brought up I know they're from the same part of the country but people need to cop on with what I was actually saying there I'm not yeah. sectarian stop fucking accusing me of being I hear you're a racist no father <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh a lot when you sent me that on Twitter and I was like fuck this man I was just looking at Twitter I was with the lads and I was like oh Sean you prick <laughs> it was, your point was well made though. I think he is he is kind of like a, I saw Brian Moore tweeted there he wants to be kind of the first culture in, in the UFC yeah. but I think Joseph Duffy beat him to it I was thinking I think Joseph Duffy is kind of that guy what we need in Irish MMA in the UFC we need a Donald Cerrone 
we need an alcoholic. Yeah. We need a, <laughs> like we genuinely need someone that takes the fights, doesn't give a fuck, and is a great scrapper. Like not saying we don't have great uh, scrappers, and, but we need someone of that attitude. Neil Siri can be that man. Legend. Neil Siri needs to Neil post Siri's pictures of him drinking cans. Neil Siri needs to employ me as his Twitter, like his Twitter man. I do it for a small fee. So I'll just tweet out all these tweets. I'll make a persona for him. Like we see nominal, people doing it all the time. A nominal fee. Nominal fee. Grand year. That's all I need. Grand year. Okay. A, a grand but, year. That's yeah. really nice. Of you. That that's not bad. Justice Duffy. I saw you tweeting you want him to get a big step up you want to Dustin Poirier or Tony Ferguson or something like that UFC Dublin yeah well I have to say shout out on the Severe MMA podcast to Kevin Lawless he wrote to me on Facebook last week uh, Poirier during international face uh, fight week said he'd love to fight on the Dublin card in, in specific uh, although I do think that's changed now because UFC 192 was announced and he's going to want to be on the card in... Is it in Texas as Texas, well? Texas, yeah. Yeah, so. apparently it's only a four or five hour... A four, three hour... Three or four hour drive from where he's from. So he's now looking for that card. Um, himself and Duffy at 155 would easily suffice as a main event for Dublin. Provided Joe gets what? the win in Glasgow. Duffy also said in a recent interview he'd love the Dublin card as well. Don't need a response. Just thought you could do what you do. Float out a few tweets. Or at least put it in your noggin for a discussion on the podcast. Cheers. So, Kevin, thank you very much. You're the man that got me thinking about it first. Um, Kevin, Kevin, your idea is bullshit. Don't like it. Why? I don't like it. I don't think Joseph Duffy should be rushed that quickly. Slow burner. There's no need. To, like, why are you rushing him? Joseph Duffy's barely back in MMA a year. Like, I don't think he needs to be rushed into the top 15 so far so quickly. Like, Tony Ferguson had six wins before he got into the top 15, or like he's just getting in there now. Like, why is I don't think I need to rush Joseph Duffy. I think give him someone else outside of the top fifteen. If you're going to like, if you're going to give him someone better, maybe a Diego Sanchez or someone like that. But I, I don't think, I don't think they should give him a Tony Ferguson or a Josh Thompson or someone like that in the top fifteen. He'd I don't smash think, Josh Thompson. It, that, that, that's not really the point, though. I think you need to build these guys. And, I, I don't believe in that sort of whole. Oh, you need to earn your like earn your stripes. No, it's not about that though. I think though the UFC like Sean Shelby is like oh, obviously not. They're gonna make well matched fights. Yeah. Although they did match Almeida with Faber, didn't they? Uh, oh, yeah. What it was scrapped? Did someone get injured? Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were going yeah. to fight. So like stuff like that obviously causes questions and eyebrows raised. Maybe he's not ready, but I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility to say Joseph Duffy is ready for those guys. So why not? Let's just. I understand maybe building them up and then we have a bit of hype machine to go behind them. But just cut the... If you're going to give them someone, give them someone good. Do you know what I mean? Cut the bullshit. Don't put them in there against Katani, those guys. Um, let's put them in there against someone. Like, I'm not I'm not completely against Joseph Duffy, Stevie Ray. I just wouldn't like yeah, to see a European, uh, a European prospect get cut off so so early. Well, not... I think, not, I think no, sorry, okay. not cut off so early, but both are on pretty good run, Very good runs. Two yeah. finishes inside the UFC. Like, uh, it's not a. The, the lightweight division is so big. Like, how many? There's like 115 fighters or something in the lightweight division. Like, where's Joseph Duffy at the moment? He's probably in the top 60, maybe. Moving, moving up to the towards there. Like, you need steps as well. Like, Nate Diaz is number 14. Even name 60 lightweights. You probably could if like, you put your mind to it. Maybe. I'm not going but, like, to, and it doesn't sound like anything I'd enjoy. Yeah, but where's Ivan George in that? He's probably in, like, below 100. So you're moving from Ivan George to Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier is ranked 15th. 
like that's a bit of a jump. Like, okay, I think he'd probably be Dustin Barrier, but like, I, I, I don't know. I'd rather them go slow with him. I don't know. I just like people talking about Bobby Green as well. Bobby Green is ranked number number ten in the lightweight division. I don't know. I, I well, don't think it's going to happen. The best thing about the, about the, about this is Sean. Is if yeah. we agreed with each other all the time, we'd have the shittest podcast in the world. We would, yeah. We would, in fairness. I don't know who. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to know with so many um with so many lightweights, but Stevie Ray. That sounds like a good one. Put him in there with Stevie Ray. Give him or Diego Sanchez. That's all we want. All we want is a good fight. Exactly. Okay. Just before we go in from that, Bisping. Don't need like. Where? Look. Where? Okay. Where to next? Where to next? The mind the fight. It was a okay fight. A Vitor Belfort in Dublin. In Dublin. Yeah. Okay. Main Fair event. Fedor. Will sign with the UFC. Do you think so? That's what Bader was saying last week as well. We talked about it for a bit. I, the like, great podcast, the best severe male podcast ever last week. Yeah, that. <laughs> um, I do think Fedor sign like he'll sign with the UFC. Bellat, it, it could bankrupt Bellator. The UFC, whatever they want to say about doing great numbers on free television, the only way you're going to make a return on that sort of money, unless he's going to be just a, like the advertising tool of the company and a name brand to build it, uh, the UFC are the only promotion that can capitalize on a 1 million plus buy rate with Fedor or Million Alco. Uh, Bellator wouldn't do it. World Series of Fighting, he'd cripple them. What? No, the World Series fighting to a million pay-per-view buys with Fedor, no problem. World Series of Fighting, we're driving around Jake Shields versus Palhares vans outside the MGM the day of Good fight, though. That's a good fight. fight. It is a good fight, but it was just funny to see at the time. Um, I, I, I can see Fedor ending up in the UFC because he's not managed by the same guys, I believe, from before. And the issue was that they had his rights and would sell them to companies. Yeah. Now he is a free man. He can talk to whoever he wants. Who's he gonna fight in the UFC though? Uh, I don't know, but I I don't think he can sell a million pay per view buys in the in the UFC. I think I think Fedor w- would do a million in the UFC if not mm-hmm. if not by himself with someone else with a big star. Yeah, maybe with a big star, right? Um, I said this before it was even announced about the the Dallas Texas Stadium, but I said Fedor against Mark Hunt, and uh, if they go with McGregor and Aldo there. I think that's big, or maybe Fedor against Kane because there's a lot of Hispanic people around uh, Texas and stuff. They'd sell a lot of tickets there, so like I. There look, is no way Fedor comes into the UFC and fights Kane. They're talking about maybe the only fight Dan one. Is doing it to, like, to make a point. I think he could if he's only coming back for one fight. Could happen. Could very well happen. Um, I'd rather Fedor stay retired, to be honest. But I think Front Row Ryan said it as well there. When you saw him doing gigs in fucking Dave and Buster's, playing basketball with people for Bellator, like on a on a Friday night, like why is he doing that? He like he must need money. I think we're gonna see, and like now he's in the position maybe to make a lot more money to retire comfortably on, since he doesn't have management yeah. and stuff coming in on his uh, up in his shit. Yeah, if he does come back, and it's not with UFC, I'll be very disappointed. If he comes back with UFC, I could live with it. Um, okay, we'll move on to this weekend's card for a minute before we get to the questions. This weekend's card has 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 fights, and there's only one person on the whole card without a Wikipedia page. That's how good it is. I love this card. It's fucking brilliant. What do you think? 
You know who's fighting? No, I have no idea. It's in Chicago. I know Here that. Here's some great fights, right? TJ Dillashaw against Hinnenborough. Oh, yeah, that's this weekend. Shit. Misha, Misha Tate, Jessica I, Edson Barboza, Paul Felder, Lozon versus Gomi, Jim Miller versus Danny Castillo, Kenny Robertson versus Ben Saunders, Darren Cruzshank versus James Krause. A few more. They're all great fights, I think. Gibbler like all Melendez. those fights. Poor old Gibbler. Actually, Gibbler burns. Dorino. <laughs> yeah. Uh, got, he lost to one of Marcelo Garcia's black belts in the final of the New York Open. I was watching it just before we started recording the podcast. Speaking of Brazilians, oh. Barrow, come on. Who's going to win? Barrow or Dillashaw? I think uh, TJ Dillashaw is going to win. Yeah. To be honest, is Barrow still a Nova United, right? Yeah. How much of a crazy shitstorm is that place going to have been over the last three months? How, how, how do we know how much attention Henenborough's got for this fight? Yeah. Just little things like that. You know, Aldo getting injured, they've got bad links with their trainers now and stuff like that. I think um, we are going to see an absolute crazy Henenborough. And I, to be honest, I would like to have been able to think about this more. Because now, even as I'm talking, I'm thinking like Henan Brow could come out here and take Dillashaw's head out in the first round. Dillashaw yeah. is pretty much going to have to do the exact fight, the exact same fight as the last exactly. time, a perfect exactly. fight, and that was that's making me even think now, can he do it again? Because you could argue that fight is a one, like a one shot sort of thing. Like you go in, you're on your best day. Henan Brow's maybe on a bad day, and you do that. The only thing that's making me think like that it's going to work again is how Dominic Cruz came back in such good fashion and that made me think Cruz and Barrow would be a good fight for Cruz right about now because of his movement let's see how TJ Dillashaw has fared now um, I'm pretty sure wasn't he out with Alf, with uh, Dwayne Ludwig as well for part of this camp yeah he was so we're going to see what uh, that's going to be interesting at the weekend is Uriah Faber going to be in the, no he's doing tough um, uh, are they going, are they going to have Ludwig and Campman uh, we'll see anyway we'll see what we'll it's see like it. Um, for me, like when I watched this fight, the first the first fight, I, as you said there, I thought it was like a, an off night for him and Brown. If they fought again, I thought he might do better. But last night I was writing my preview and I watched the fight again. And I think Dillashaw can do it again. To be honest, I think he can come out with the same game plan. Like it was a great game plan, but it was a game plan you can do again if he's like fully fit. If he's carrying no injuries, if he's gas tank and go for five rounds, I think he can do it again. He was lighting his feet, stayed out of Burrow's uh, wheelhouse. Came in with quick shots, don't with varied shots. That's the whole point. You need to be varied. You need to throw body kicks, leg kicks, head kicks, uppercuts, everything. Hooks off both hands. The worst thing you can do is let Barrow time you. And if you do, he can finish you at any moment. And that's the danger. I think both of these guys, especially Barrow, can finish it at any moment. And like, if you're looking at this fight and going on the last fight, I think it's not maybe the wisest thing to do because Barrow will be very dangerous because in the first fight it was like three and a half minutes he got knocked down nearly knocked out and he wasn't the same after that but he's going to pose a threat if he can stop himself from getting hurt he's going to pose a threat for the whole fight he might gas late third or fourth round but those first three rounds I think are going to be uh, are going to be very good with Brow throwing hard shots spinning back kicks big hooks and stuff but I think Dillashaw will win the decision I think he'll win four rounds with take the decision um it should be a good fight. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Sean Sheen, get on to these yeah. questions. Go on, go on. It's one in the morning. 
Jesus. Okay, we look at. Actually, got, you're being yeah. called out. Sorry, I told you about this off air. Oh yeah, go on. While I'm looking for the Severe other question. MMA priority question queue here. Our very own um, Dave Fogarty sent in a question asking, Sean, what do you think on Bellator's Dynamite style card? And do you think it'll work? For those that don't know, Bellator are going to have an event that will have both a cage and a ring in the same venue in a co-promotion event with Glory Kickboxing. No fights will run simultaneously at any point in the show, but um, I also, Sean, he has to be named as a friend of the in podcast. The, in the podcast, Dave Fogarty. Or he's boycotting it. That's, that's how, like, you will be able to sell sell your voice in a couple of years' times uh, doing voice, voice messages for people. You can do yeah. ringtones, birthday greetings... You know, friend, hello. Of, friend of, hello, friend of the podcast. This is, this is Dave Fogarty, friend of the pod, friend of the Severe and podcast. Please leave a message after the beep. Perfect. That's money. cash money right there. Edit that out though, because yeah, you just feel that song. Yeah. That's cash money. Yeah. Fuck. Okay, we'll we'll do the first one for free. What do you think of Bellator? I think they're making waves. They had a very good vi- uh, viewing figure last week. And I, I think it's stupid to be honest. I think it's a stupid idea. I think it's a stupid concept. I don't think it's gonna work. I don't like kickboxing though, so maybe that's a big part of it. I'm not a big fan of kickboxing. Like, if, did you see the picture of Bonner tweeted out there yesterday? Of the, there's like the, it's how you would imagine. Like, it's a cage and a ring. Like, there's people going to be sitting at the other side of the cage. How are they going to see the ring? Like, the cage is going to be blocking their view. There's going to be people like facing the cage, Screens. and they're going to have to like. <laughs> yeah, but that's fucking shit. You got a live event. You don't. Uh, you don't want to be looking at screens. I suppose you want to be able to look at it. Sean, the equipment <sighs> of the fans that are going to be in the cheap seats at Crow Park, Conor McGregor versus whoever is going to look like a GAA brawl in the middle of the pitch. That's that's fair enough as well. But I don't know. It's cool. I'll watch it. Like it'll be fun. It's cool. <laughs> it's. I just don't like. It. I think it's a stupid idea. Like I think it's very it. cool. I don't like it. Just there you go, Dave. Question answered. Where would that keep Two questions? thumbs yeah. down from Sean Sheehan. Yeah, okay, we'll get to some of these Facebook questions because we got a shitload of them last week and I promise we'll answer some of them. Okay, we'll answer them quick fire. So, who's okay. next for Gunnar uh, Connor Carney. Who's next for Gunnar Nelson? Wonderboy. In Dublin? Dublin. Sold. Who's next for Robbie Lawler from the same person? Oh. I don't know. I think they have no option but to go for Hendrix 3. Maybe, maybe Tyrone Woodley. Wonderboy. I don't know. This division's thinning out pretty quickly. It's it's good. It's like it's not that there's anyone there ready straight away, but there are numerous people that are one solid one away from being considered legitimate contenders. And you're yeah. going to answer what Wonderboy again? Wonderboy. Yeah, I already said it there. I don't think you heard me. Yeah. But I not that. I'll joke aside. I don't know who they're going to like. They're probably going to give him Hendrix, but I don't want to see that fight. And I don't think a lot of people want to see it, want to see it. Tyrone Woodley, maybe. Do you know what? I'd like to see him give it to Carlos Condit. Just give it to him. Make it a good fight. I think that's a fight the fans want to see. And why not? What's wrong with that? I think make that fight. Okay, uh, Kieran Farty. I genuinely think the UFC just are always hoping that George St. Pierre is going to ring them and be like, yeah. Hello? I want to come back to dinner. Salut, Dana. <laughs> it's George St. Pierre from Nigeria. <laughs> what, the, what do you mean? Like, the first one was dodgy. Second one was good yeah. French. <laughs> Bonjour. Bonjour. Okay, Kieran I Farty. I actually had. I fuck you. I had good French in school. So like, what did you get in your leaving, sir? What? What did you get in your French in your leaving, sir? B one. Seriously, yeah, fuck. Pass, I gotta though. see. I gotta see. Oh, pass. I gotta see what honors. 
fuck that. I could convert. Ask me something in French. Um. Comment tu t'appelles? Je m'appelle Andrew. That's enough. That, yeah, you've been sold. Mr. Worldwide. What non-Irish fighters from Kieran Farty? What non-Irish fighters did you like to see realistically on the UFC Dublin card? Non-Irish fighters. Yeah. Is the Wonder Boy is going to be the question to all or the answer to all these questions? <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, everybody. <laughs> I think Vitor and Bisbing is a good main event, or Bisbing versus someone is a good main event. Um, Dan Henderson maybe. Hmm. I don't think Henderson will take that fight. To be honest, I don't know. I. I could see him not taking it because he's already knocked Bisbing out brutally and you maybe shouldn't tarnish that with a potential loss but otherwise I'm happy seeing guys like Makwan Amir Khani I'd like to see him fight yeah. in Dublin to be honest Arnold Allen I'd like to see him fight Arnold Allen moving on Daniel Fanagan McGregor's weight cut has <laughs> on his performance I don't. I don't think it. I don't think Connor's weight cut is ever going to affect his performance. He wouldn't still be fighting this elite level if it was in any way going to affect him in the past. Fair enough. Um, we haven't seen him going to the third and fourth rounds, but I think scientifically enough, John Cavanaugh would have done enough enough research. Connor would have now have the money for the most elite professionals to tell him um, if that is something that will affect his cardio when it gets to the later rounds. Yeah, I think now that Connor has a belt. And that there's like two fights there with Aldo, two stadium fights or two big fights anyway coming up. I think that gives him enough leeway at featherweight. I think those will be a featherweight. He might have one or two more featherweight. And I think he'll go up there. Like we were talking about it before. And like if he, I can see Connor calling out whoever the champion is after Crow Park if he is still the champion by then. So yeah, I've always said I don't think you'll that quickly. I don't think you will. Uh, I I think the UFC will try to keep him at featherweight as long as they can but like, I don't know I think all these weight cuts add up and he's a guy that speaks about his health an awful lot and I think I, he'll, he'll want to go up yeah I agree with you right now but let's say theoretically in Conor's head Conor McGregor has just destroyed Jose Aldo and Frankie Edgar or Chad Mendes again Mendes on a full camp I can understand the UFC maybe wanting to keep him at 45 but now that you have a dominant champion at 45 who's finished easily, let's say theoretically the best guys in that division, you're going to believe him when he says he can hang with the upper echelon guys at 155. In his head, that's already how he sees it. But he needs to actually put those results onto a legitimate Wikipedia page in order for the UFC to turn around and be like, yeah, okay, let's get Conor McGregor up to 55. Let's cash in now. We have our first legitimate super fight in a long, long time. Yeah, um, Neil Armand asks about the pay-per-view buys, and I suppose this was before, this was last week. So, um, you were saying you heard something about the pay-per-view buys. There was someone tweeting about it between eight hundred and a million, is it? Uh, between eight hundred thousand buys and one point one million. That's mm. also uh, worth noting. The BT Sport figures out today showed eighty-seven thousand people watch Conor McGregor live and 28,000 people watched him for the Wayans the night before yeah so that's that's huge um, if even if it is just 800,000 that's unbelievable in this current climate for a pay-per-view buys and there's a lot of people you could argue though like fair enough no sorry if it had been Aldo, you, you go be, first you go first like in this like people, a lot of people talked about Twitter they didn't know Conor McGregor was a draw and stuff and like you know these these questions as I said in my article before it 
all of the questions about Conor McGregor, they're not questions, they're fatal flaws immediately. And people said, oh, he's not a draw when, like, yeah, it hasn't been answered. And three million people on Fox kind of is a bit of an answer, but this is really the answer now. If it's if it's just 800,000, he said, um, Milster said it's between 800 and 1.1 million, I believe someone tweeted it, he said it in his, um, his uh, newsletter. If it's 800,000, that is huge, huge in this climate. Like, remember, we're in a climate where they made the trilogy fight between Hendrix and, and Lawler obviously had to be cancelled again because they drew 425,000 and Conor McGregor's drawn 800,000. Like, GSP was in, in a climate where pay-per-views were big, when they, when they could sell a million. GSP was seen as a draw when he was selling 750,000, 800,000. So in this climate, Conor McGregor is a huge draw and I think he's the biggest star in the UFC at the moment. I don't think there's any debate about it. Ronda Rousey maybe is... She might be the most well-known people, but the biggest draw on uh, definitely McGregor. It's on the spiel of it this stage, I think. Well, a better question is we're going to get to find out about Ronda Rousey's pay-per-views in a couple of weeks' time. But a couple of things that you said there is like, in my opinion, George Saint Pierre could roll out of bed tomorrow, fight in a month's time, and get eight hundred thousand pay-per-view buys. He was the biggest UFC star, like undoubtedly, on the pay per view on the pay per view market. They miss him immensely, and having Conor McGregor now is uh, is going to be good for them. But counterside that with how much promotion the UFC did on this fight, that's yeah, that all it plays a part. It's not just that Conor McGregor is the most polarizing figure in mixed martial arts. It's that the promotion in the states was some of the biggest that they've ever done for the Aldo fight, and Conor was doing so much media stuff television wise like Conan O'Brien and big national stuff all of those things don't uh, they play a massive part yeah definitely and yeah, Ron is not going to have that for a Brazilian one either so exactly but I, stuff, I still yeah. think 800,000 phenomenal number even if it is the lower end of the scale yeah unbelievable huge the biggest they could offer um, ok one more from last week and then we have a couple from this week as well Stephen Lowry our good friend Stephen Lowry um could we see Max Holloway rematching McGregor and before Duff, before Duffy fights him, obviously after the Aldo fight? Do you think uh, McGregor is going to fight? Uh, we'll see Max Holloway's your boy. Do you think he's going to fight him and Duffy along the line? Or I think Holloway will get up to the level of one forty five title challenger, but I don't think we see a rematch. I do think Connor's gone from forty five before then, and to be honest, I think in Connor McGregor's ideal world. This is just me spitballing from the outside. I do think that he'd like to avenge the Joseph Duffy loss. Yeah. But the money that he's making, he doesn't care at all. I think Connor could well be, let's say Joseph Duffy gets a slow build treatment. Connor McGregor could well be retired before Joseph Duffy gets Ah. up to the level. And that's only from me talking from the point of view that I still... I still resonate with what Connor said to me before in interviews about him getting in, getting out, UFC belt, 25 million in the bank, and a black belt in BJJ. I, but then at the same time, if he keeps beating people as easily as he is, he might think, yeah, this is easy. Keep going for a few more sort of thing. If he keeps buying the alligator fucking shoes the way he is as well, you want to have yeah. 25 million in the bank ever. I, I don't think... If you put a gun to my head now, 
I don't think the UFC match Duffy and Connor, but I could I could imagine a world where Conor McGregor asks for that fight. Yeah, is, uh, that, is, I, is that okay? I don't know. Stephen Larry's a great yeah. man. I don't want to provide a bad answer. Uh, here's my answer to that question. I think Ma- I don't think Max Holloway ever fights for the UFC belt. I think he's going to be like a Bisping. To be honest, I don't think he'll ever get to that level. Uh, I think McGregor could fight Joseph Duffy. If Seth Joseph Duffy's in the top 10, top 5, I think he's going to get there, Joseph Duffy. And when McGregor gets up there, if he, say if he loses a featherweight and decides to go up, like I think that Joseph Duffy fights makes makes absolute sense. Like Get him in there, they avenge that loss. Even if the weight cut becomes too much for him, and he, he's cleaned out the division of it right now, we're a long way away from that. But I think that fight could be made. I think it's, it's not beyond the realms of possibility, but at the moment, we're a long way away from either of those fights happening. Okay, we have a question from Jamie, at Jamie2J. He's asked it a couple of times now. We didn't get around to last week. Who would play me, you, and Pizza Carroll in a Hollywood movie? Well, I only care about myself. Me too. So, I'm going to answer who I would like me to play in a yeah. Hollywood movie. Michael Sarah. Oh, yeah. I think... Brett Okamoto, Brett Okamoto, what's his name? Okamoto could play you too. Or Brett Okamoto, yeah. <laughs> Uh, my doppelganger which I'm not going to complain about he's a very slick man Um, Michael Sarah, I think and me would be best friends to be honest I remember seeing a thing online it's like do you ever get the impression that Michael Sarah isn't actually an actor he just showed up somewhere one day (laughs) and has been too afraid to tell anyone ever since so he just goes on goes on with it I I think we're very similar I've been told to look like uh, Zac Efron the hair it's just the hair yeah I've been told I look like the guy from The Chase do you ever see that film, that program no yeah people will know it and if you see him well, apparently I look like him but I'm going to say Jake Gyllenhaal just because to be a wanker <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> Pizza Carroll okay who played who play Pizza Carroll uh, the village drunk <laughs> <laughs> fucking Jonathan Reese myers I you see <laughs> I, I watch fuck all films let me google Jonathan Reese myers He's, he's an alcoholic as well, that's why. Oh, that <laughs> but he actually, now that we think about it, he actually could play PC. Look, Google him there. He's in two million miles of LA. That's uh, a little bit. He's a good looking man in fairness, John. Yeah, no, like, but when that, he's not fucked up. That's a little bit much for Peter Carroll. I'd get Frank Rebre to play Peter Carroll or something like that. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I don't know. Tom Cruise, get that. But, that killer smile, like you need someone with a killer smile to play PC. Peter Carroll has a winning smile. Best winning male smile. actor smile. Google images. Let's see who these men are. Um, what do you call your boy from Twilight? He has a nice smile. Oh yeah, uh, fuck it, I don't know. Robert. Robert Pattinson, is it? Pattinson, yeah. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe would also be a brilliant Peter Carroll. For you, I think he'd be better for you. Or for me as well. Yeah. Would you? I'd be good at you know, Hagrid from fucking uh, Hagrid from <laughs> Harry yeah. Potter. He, he could play me. He'd be a good man to play fucking me. Great shit. I'd ah. also like to be. Uh, I think if I mature the way I hope I mature physically, mm. um, when I obviously grow up to Tom become, to become <laughs> an adult, Adrian Grenier. Oh yeah, entourage. entourage. Good show. So I'd be talking so. Actually, Jer- Jeremy Piven could be a good uh, Peter Carroll as well. Yeah, good. Just yeah, we'll just get all the entourage cast. Yeah, so. <laughs> just yeah. Kevin Connolly can play uh, Graham. Graham, yeah. Fucking, this is working out for everyone. It actually makes total sense. Maybe entourage was just based on us. I know? think it was, to be honest. Yeah, fucking Rob Sevier, man. 
Okay, that's all our questions. Boom. Is that it? All right. That's it. For another week. I was